I want to talk about unity in Christ. Um, and I'm going to break some new ground. Um, this is the beginning of a series and there is new ground for us to break, for us to step into. Um, this series has been a long time in coming. It's kind of uh, the front end of a whole load of messages we want to bring on culture. Um, but these ones are going to be quite specific around the whole area of men, women, marriage and church leadership. Yeah. So there's, uh, I can immediately sense that your minds are whirring with what topics might he cover in that whole area. Um, I'm going to go after the biggest topics that we can possibly go after in this stuff. Uh, let me set it up first of all. Um, last few years, there has been much talk in the body of Christ about identity um, and about culture and it's interesting that, and the whole thing of sonship and the father heart of God, there have been massive, massive messages. I think the whole idea of us being secure in our sonship is really important. Boys and girls, you are, we are all sons, aren't we? Um, and uh, there is sonship that we have come to understand in, in a deeper way over the last 15, 20 years. Um, Post-Toronto blessing, there's been a lot of stuff about this, about the Father heart of God, and we've so needed to hear it. Um, and what's followed on from that has been our identity as, right, if we are secure as sons and daughters of our Father and we know the Father's heart, then actually we also understand that then he's empowered us to live in a certain way, to be a certain type of people in our generation. And so actually understanding our identity as powerful people, we've even heard it this morning, is, is, has been a really key message. Um, it's interesting that two of the major, major attacks that I think the enemy has been going after, not surprisingly over the last 20 years, has been the whole area of um, fathering. We've seen... Marriage in huge decline. I grew up in an era where more and more of my friends at school's parents were divorcing, and the divorce people talked about the divorce rate going up and the marriage rate dropping. Remember, that was kind of a uh, well talked about a few years ago, and and we've seen families break down. And now many of my and my children's friends at, at school are in single parent families, and. Uh, We've got a generation of children, really, and probably a few generations of children now who are experiencing fatherlessness. Um, and uh, that's been, I think, a major attack. And I think it's, it's been simultaneous where the Holy Spirit has been wanting to pour out this message of who's the father. Because he wants to be revealed to a generation who don't know what a good dad looks like. Um, equally, and more recently, an attack on gender. It's almost like identity has been under attack at the heart of identity, just kind of going right to the heart of it in terms of gender. And uh, so there's been a huge erosion of what gender is. Um, and so now we have examples of, I remember hearing a, a school um, uh, not too far from here, who at four and five were giving children five options of what their gender might be. <laughs> um, and even 
even here in Chelmsford, I know of a school who gave their children 14, this is secondary school, these are um, 16, 17-year-olds, given a choice of 14 categories of gender which they might consider themselves. So the whole thing of gender confusion has become rife over the last couple of decades. And so it's no wonder the Holy Spirit is going after our identity in Christ. And uh, so we're going to look at some fairly meaty topics. Um, equally, the whole thing of culture has become um, a big deal, hasn't it? We've been talking much about not only about what our strategies are. A few years ago, everything was about strategy. What was your church planting strategy? What's your evangelistic strategy? What's your pastoral strategy? And it was all about strategy. It was all about how to get the job done. And there's, there's been a shift where we realize, yes, strategy is important. You still need strategy. You still need plans. You still need programs. But actually, culture is even more important because it's the how. <laughs> it's how we're doing this stuff, not just what we're doing, which is so significant, because otherwise what gets lost is the love of the Father. It just becomes about achieving a mission rather than understanding that this was ever about a love affair in the first place. So culture has become vital to what we do. And of course, words like freedom and honour have been um, more on our lips than ever before. And uh, you'll have heard messages in this church about freedom and honour. We've done series um, on that. Um, and within our own groups and our relationships, we, we're talking about that. What does that look like? How do we embrace these kinds of things? And of course, um, if you've been in and around Oasis for any long, a long time, you'll understand that actually we come from New Frontiers. New Frontiers was the family of churches that we were planted from we were born out of um, and uh, of course it hasn't taken very long for men and women to be asking questions about well what does freedom mean for me and what does honor look like for me if I'm not an elder you know if you're a man and you're not an elder in the church do you really feel as honored as the men who are elders and women asking actually how free and honored are we is there actually um, a limitation on where we can serve within the church um, because of our gender? And so these kind of questions, naturally, we've had to start asking ourselves. And uh, so we want to start addressing it. Um, so I've put my big boy pants on and because um, uh, I, I am a boy and that's okay. Um, and uh, so we're going to navigate some fairly chunky stuff. You might have heard, um, you might, and this is, this is not unique to Oasis, is it? The fact that we want to start engaging with these topics. Um, you will no doubt have um, uh, heard other churches engaging with this stuff. You may well have seen books, read books recently that have been written about these issues. Um, podcasts that have been doing the rounds um, over the last um, five, six years, whatever. Um, and there are some fairly big words that are um, in this whole area that we need to engage with. Um, now, I want church always to be about us knowing more about God and experiencing more of his love. Um, I don't want it to become a teaching exercise where our brains just get stretched. Sorry, Adrian. Um, 
teaching still important? We love teaching. Um, it's just that actually not just knowing more about God, it's, it's actually knowing more of him is important. So we want to keep the focus oriented that way, but at the same time, we want to go on a journey together as a church to engage with some of these issues because I want to, it to feed into the culture that we're trying to create. And right now we have a framework which I think is hindering us from being able to move forward to create the kingdom culture that we are going after. At the very least, I suspect there is possibly differences in the way that we understand these things, which equally might not be serving to bring us together as a group of people. And if nothing else, there has to be a sense of oneness in how we proceed. That doesn't mean that we all have to believe exactly the same thing about every single doctrine that comes up. That would probably be weird if we did. Um, uh, Yes, we might get called certain words if we did. Um, So that's not a problem, but Jesus has to be enough for us to unite over. Therefore, we have to come to a place where we acknowledge and trust the direction that we as a church family are going in. In other words, there has to be a trust in our leadership with the, the course that they're headed in. Even if there are then things that you may personally not agree with on every single thing, there has to be a place of actually laying those things down to enable you to be able to engage fully in the local church family. Does that make sense? So there'll be all sorts of things. So I know that there are people here who wish we broke bread more often than we do. And there are others who actually don't think that there's a place for breaking bread on a Sunday morning. Now, both camps haven't left the church over it. And we talk about it, and we have dialogue, and that's great, and that's what it should be. And the brilliant thing is that when that goes well, what happens is we actually get closer together as a result. What happens when dialogue like that goes wrong is what you see in denominationalism, which is where we end up dividing over an issue like that. And that's what's been happening in the body of Christ for years. So I want us to go after this stuff, but go after it in such a way that the end result is that we are closer together as a result, not further apart. Does that make sense? Um, So there are some big words. Things like egalitarianism, complementarianism, or complementarity is probably... Is that a word? It's, It's American. Does that make it not a word? Seriously, if we're going to quibble over like, whether we can use an American word or not, when I'm only two words in, we are going to be in for a long journey, I'll tell you. Um, patriarchy. Um, authority. Subordination. This is like a game show. Um, these aren't the prizes you're going to win, you know. Um, um, we're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about... Hooray. We're going to talk about eldership. Hooray. We're going to talk about leadership. We're going to talk about honour and hierarchy. Uh, they're not in, they're not in like a particular order. They're just as I noted them down. Um, uh, we're going to look at some, um, all the Bible verses that relate to this kind of stuff. 
or as many as we can wedge in. Um, if there are, there are some tricky Bible verses um, on some of these issues. Um, it's been contentious stuff for many, many years, um, longer years, in fact, than all of us in this room have been alive, probably put together. Um, so, but nevertheless, we are going to navigate our way through these things. Um, I love the fact that it's quite light-hearted in here as I'm addressing this. It's really good. You're putting me all at ease. Um, now, as I said, some of you have got probably strong views on this stuff. <laughs> said Andrew Williams. Um, there's probably some people who are sitting here right now thinking, I'm not sure I have got strong views, actually. <laughs> not too worried. Um, I want to encourage you that it's good to have a view on these things. It's good to know what we think about this stuff. It's good because it will affect the way we live. It'll affect our value system. It'll affect our unity together. And it'll affect, therefore, the entire bride. And actually, it will go on to impact the world. It's that important. Um, So we want to get into these things. We've held back on talking about this stuff for a few years. Um, Certainly all of the years that our eldership team, in fact, even with Adrian as well, was when we were four, for all of those years, we behind the scenes have been talking about these subjects. Um, it's probably natural when an, an eldership team comes together that they do talk about eldership and what does it mean and you know, what's our roles and all that kind of stuff. Um, but equally in terms of our culture and in terms of gender and um, uh, the role of the apostolic, fivefold ministry, all of that stuff has featured fairly highly in our conversation and therefore in our study for quite a few years. Um, and... Uh, uh, we've had help on this from various people over the years, um, including, I mean, going back with people like Julian Adams, um, uh, with Andy Merrick. Actually, I, I've been talking with Andy about this for probably three years, um, even though we've only, you guys have only met him this year, um, but he's been very helpful on this. Um, and actually, this is one of the areas which we wanted to journey on which when we were going through the conversations that we we were with New Frontiers leadership they said to us actually if you want to go on that journey and look at that stuff you you actually can't do that within a New Frontiers framework and it was one of the reasons why we had to step out from um, the New Frontiers um, setup Um, and it's why Andy Merrick's church in Glasgow now have equally come away from New Frontiers um, as of March, April time this year. Um, their pursuit of um, these issues have caused them to have to make the same choices. Um, I'm not saying that in any way to bring any disrespect to New Frontiers at all um, uh, or actually anyone who holds other biblical views than we do. I think one of the big things that we've had to realise over a few years is that it's possible to have different biblical views. And if that's news to you or sounds heretical, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, But it is possible. Paul addresses it 
in numbers of his letters um, and they have to reach a point of uniting over Christ. And uh, so that is um, uh, a reality, I guess. Um, So we've held back on talking about this stuff, number one, because actually it's taken us a number of years to work out what we think and what we believe and what the Bible says and how we interpret that. And that's got to be okay, hasn't it? Um, you don't want to be led by people who are unsure of what they believe. Um, you don't want to be led by people who are dictatorial either um, and who are uh, unteachable. But we've needed time to be taught. Uh, we've needed time to learn, haven't we? Um, and uh, so that's part of the reason why we've, we've not rushed into this. I know that numbers of other churches have been addressing these sorts of things over the last few years, and we deliberately haven't. I think another reason for it is actually there's been other things going on that we've wanted to teach into, um, uh, security to bring to the church, and also actually lay some groundwork to create a culture that would actually be able to navigate these subjects. Um, so that's been another part of why we've decided to um, take a longer route with this stuff. Um, so this morning is basically me introducing this, these topics. Um, I want to give us a goal with it, and it might not be the goal that you necessarily think is the goal, Um, So I want to provide us with a goal that helps us to engage with these different issues Um, uh, and also something that we can um, clothe ourselves in as we do it, if that's not too cryptic. Um, So uh, I'll share that in just a moment. Um, I want us to be really mindful of how big this topic is emotionally as I was preparing these different messages, I was just very aware that I was going near something and some things which actually have brought a lot of pain to a lot of people at different points over many, many years. Um, And I just want to acknowledge that we want to do this really well and really carefully and we don't want to um, underestimate the impact, actually, that um, uh, these sorts of issues, um, particularly around gender equality or inequality, um, has had. Is that all right? Okay, it's got serious in here. Um, so we can um, keep our love on as we navigate this one. Um, let me give you two, uh, two definitions, first of all. These are very brief, but I just want to um, just give you a heads up on them. So, um, complementarian. Um, what, is, what does that mean? Um, in, a family, um, in family and church, man is head. Final authority is with the man. That's how God made it. Men and women are equal in value and being before God, but women are subordinate in role. I must take the role of submission to male authority. So broadly speaking, somebody who is a complementarian would believe that. Okay? Do you want me to say it again? Um, 
So I'll just read that again. In family and church, man is head. Final authority is with a man, uh, the man. That's how God made it. Men and women are equal in value and being before God, but women are subordinate in role, i.e. must take the role of submission to male authority. Um, So egalitarians, by contrast, would believe that there is no hierarchy of function. Women can have leadership in the church. There is no gift or role unavailable to them because of gender. And home is a partnership. Now within that, do you want me to read that one again? Um, Just to be fair. Um, uh, There's no hierarchy of function. Women can have leadership in the church. There is no gift or role unavailable to them because of gender. The home is a partnership. Um, Now even within that, um, I know that there will be some folk who will believe these things to different degrees. Um, this is, we're not talking really absolutes. In fact, I don't think there are many folk out there on either extreme camp who are actually that absolute in all of these things. Um, so there are gradients of what, what is believed, but in general terms, they are the, the kind of polarizing views when you kind of engage with, with this stuff. Um, Uh, I'm just going to read this straight for what I've written um, just so that I don't get it wrong Um, because I thought right from the start it would be good to clarify where we are at in coming at this stuff. So I'm going to show you my cards and then we'll um, we'll navigate it over the coming weeks. Is that all right? Uh, Oasis has modelled a fairly liberal view for many years in terms of gender roles within the church, especially in terms of women speaking. In truth, a more liberal position than New Frontiers, which has traditionally held a more conservative view. That said, Oasis has always maintained a complementarian view that men have final authority and therefore only men can be elders within the local church. I would like to say that from the beginning of this series that Um, As elders, over the last few years, each of us has felt increasingly uncomfortable with this view for a number of reasons we will discuss in the coming weeks. Our conviction through much prayer has been that we would like to challenge what has been the status quo within Oasis and move forward to a model where we have no imposed hierarchy based on gender. All people can be honoured for who they are and the gifts that they carry. Do you want me to read that again? (laughs) Um, uh, Oasis has modelled a fairly liberal view for many years in terms of gender roles within the church, especially in terms of women speaking. In truth, a more liberal position than New Frontiers, which has traditionally held a more conservative view. That said, Oasis has always maintained a complementarian view that men have final authority and therefore only men can be elders within the local church. I would like to say that from the beginning of this series, that as elders, over the last few years, each of us has felt increasingly uncomfortable with this view for a number of reasons, which we will discuss in the coming weeks. Our conviction through much prayer has been that we would like to move forward to a model where we have no imposed hierarchy based on gender. All people can be honoured for who they are and the gifts that they carry. Okay? Um, (laughs) um, Now, I'm aware that some folks here are very enthusiastic (laughs) that we as a church take a more egalitarian view, believing that 
as we are led by the Spirit, there will be greater freedom for men and women to pursue all that they can be in God with no man-made glass ceilings. However, there are some folks who may well be more content with the perspective which has been prevalent in much of the charismatic church, including New Frontiers, who take a more complementarian approach, believing that as men and women are led by the Spirit, they find and grow in their different but complementary roles in the church. Um, I want us to be mindful of each other. And I don't want this to become a debate about who's right and who's wrong. Um, our deepest desire as a church is to be led by the Spirit. And uh, one of the things that happens as we're led by the Spirit is that there is a humility that overshadows, the over, that we can put on um, as we engage with this stuff. Um, there's been lots of talk over the last few years about us being powerful, us being courageous, us being world changers, all that kind of stuff, knowing our identity. One of the things that I think is even more powerful when it's demonstrated is when that is mixed with humility. It's one thing to be able to do something because you can. It's another thing to be able to decide whether you should. And I want us as a church to be able to move forward really humbly on this stuff, being teachable, being open to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us. You may have been a Christian for many years and you may think that you know all that there is to know on this topic. I want to tell you that I'm not one of those people. I don't believe for a minute that I know everything about this topic. I'm not an expert and I want to be led and I want to be taught. Um, the strength that I held the complementarian view um, a few years ago now scares me. Um, I've had conversations with people over the years who ultimately have left this church partly over this issue. And my defense of it was that that's what the Bible says. And... Uh, at a first glance, the Bible may say that. Um, but actually, there are inconsistencies with simply saying, that's what the Bible says. So we need to look at it with a slightly more mature view. Um, we absolutely need to be grounded in Scripture. So the conclusion of this process is that we will be grounded in Scripture. Um, there's no discussion over that um, but as I said it, there are interpretations of scripture which vary which is why we have so many different doctrinal beliefs on the planet right now and if we are arrogant enough to say that ours is right and theirs is wrong we might very well find ourselves without the Holy Spirit resting upon us it's that serious yeah okay um, Paul says this in Philippians, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being in the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. 
Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself to become obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has exalted, has highly exalted him and bestowed on him that name above every name, which we were singing about earlier. <laughs> um, we can do this in an amazing Christ-like way. We can close ourselves with humility. I want to say as well, um, ladies in the church, I want to say thank you for the humility that you've shown for years and years and years to serve in the context that you have served. Whether you have held the same complementarian view or an egalitarian one. Because I know that actually for some of you, this has been tough. And that we need to recognise that. But I do want to just say thank you for being humble enough and trusting enough to walk this journey and to keep praying and keep believing and keep hoping. Um, okay. So, what's the goal? The goal that we're aiming for in this. Um, some people say that the goal is equality. Um, the world would probably say the goal is equality. Fairness. Um, that it's about equal opportunities. It's about equal value. It's about equal votes, equal pay. Um, all of that kind of stuff that women are just as good as men and therefore they should have the same they should have the right to be treated the same That's, that would be the, the sort of society's view of what we'd go after and um, there might be truth to that and we see elements of it coming up in the church as well don't we it's not fair that women can't be vicars it's not fair that women can't be priests it's not fair that women can't um, do this, that, or the other, be the Pope, I don't know, whatever. Um, uh, um, and um, there's elements of truth to that. Equally, um, for some people, it could be that the goal is freedom, because we've talked about actually, you know, freedom and honour are the cultural things that we're going after, and so actually they become the things that's the goal, um, and that anyone should be free to be anything at any time. Um, and actually any sense of restriction is control and therefore that's wrong and you're stopping me from being free and therefore that's bad. And so we should go after freedom and so um, that should be a reason why there's um, a more egalitarian view. Um, and um, that can crop up too in the church, can't it? Um, and if people have been in churches where there has been abusive leadership, I fully understand that. Um, the thing is, what I've come to realise is that the goal isn't freedom and the goal isn't actually um, equality. The goal is for unity. And I want us to have that as our frame of reference as we look at this whole thing. If we reduce it down to just an argument of equality versus 
that one, then what we're going to end up with is just a polarising of views. And we have got to come together and see that this is about unity. Does that make sense? Um, so, um, for a long time, I've been fascinated with the subject of fellowship. Um, I've talked about it before. I've preached on it um, a few times. If you've been, um, if you've ever done the Discover the Essentials course, you'll have heard me speak about it. Um, I just love it. I just think so. Fellowship is um, this Greek word koin, koinonia. Um, I have studied it, honest. Um, uh, but essentially, it's what happens to a bunch of people when they believe in Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes on them. That's that's it. Um, it's it's this amazing dynamic which didn't exist at all after the fall, before Pentecost. There's no reference to it in the Old Testament because it couldn't exist in the same way. The Holy Spirit came upon a group of people who declared that Jesus was Lord and the world was turned upside down. And there's a direct link between our affection and our hunger for the Holy Spirit and the level of unity that exists amongst a group of people. Every revival that has ever happened on the earth has seen an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and fellowship breaking out across a group of people. Seriously, it's such an exciting part of who we are and, and what we get to step into and what should be our experience as a church. And right now you should be far more excited than you're looking. <laughs> There's something for us to step into on this which we haven't yet got our heads around. Last few years there's been some stuff within Oasis which we've been impressed by. We've been um, uh, wowed by. Go back a few years. The grace message. Yeah? We, we just fell in love with Jesus in a whole new way, didn't we? When we realise that this, you know, wow, I don't earn this. There's nothing I can do to make God love me anymore. He just loves me, he loves me, he loves me. Um, is that really the time? Are you sure? Oh, man. <laughs> um, no, 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 that's, that's great. I really want to honour our children's workers. Um, uh, okay. That's fun. It does, and you know what? We've got men doing kids' work now, haven't we? We've got men on the rotors now. Um, and um, yes, that's a very good thing. Um, there's, been, there's been things that we've been impressed by, like God's grace, like the Father heart of God. Um, but there is something to do with the Holy Spirit that I want to declare prophetically that we're about to step into. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. See, God's grace has wowed us. And if actually, if you've forgotten a bit of that, just do yourselves a favour and dive back into grace again. Just go and read Romans 6, 7 and 8 and, you know, get all awash again with how good he is um, and what your union in Christ really looks like. Um, uh, the love of the Father has bowled us over if you do not know the love of your father 
um, please, please, please do yourself a favour and read anything by Jack Frost. Um, who else can I think to name in a moment? Um, what other Father Heart books are there that are really, really good? Um, Peter, J- yeah, Mark Stibby. Um, da- okay, um, just yeah, Bill. Start anything on the Father Heart. Just get lost in how you know. He sent Jesus because <laughs> he loves you. Um, but now there is something of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit for us to add into this that is going to turn this church upside down and our town and our city and our region and our nation upside down. Okay? Um, and I'm going to have to land it there. I'm going to land it there. Um, just hold the point about unity, okay? Because I've got some real awesome, awesome stuff um, that I'm going to bring next time. Um, I think I'm preaching in another couple of weeks. Um, I'm, I'm not meaning to hog this series in any way. I'm sure that Neil is going to step up at, um, a, a couple of points with me to help underline some points. But we felt that I, I needed to bring a lot of it. Um, and... Um, uh, I want to thank you guys that I already know that you want to receive it. And um, so uh, thank you for trusting us with this. Thank you for trusting me with this. Um, can I pray? Um, in fact, can we stand and can we hold hands? Thanks. Um, Holy Spirit, we want to say that we are so grateful that you are leading us. And I want to pray that you would be the one uh, who would be putting words in our mouths, that would be putting thoughts in our minds, who would be alongside us as we read scripture, um, helping us to understand these different concepts. Um, Lord, I pray for this whole thing of unity, um, this thing of fellowship, that we as a group of people would encounter something of you, Holy Spirit, that we have never yet experienced, that the relationships between us would be transformed, that our relationships, same-sex relationships, and our male and female relationships would be so blessed by you through this process that there would be a unity that glorifies you and that reveals you and the trinity in a way which we've not seen and certainly that the world hasn't seen lord that's what we're going after in this series so thank you father for all that you're going to do with us thank you for the willingness of us as a group of people to go on this journey And uh, Lord, thank you that you're going to be with us uh, in the coming weeks. Thank you, Lord. Amen.